Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am Tierica Patterson and I am discussing how my mental health impacts my personal success. Am I ever going to be successful? Because I'm a little bit off, I'm a little bit crazy. I don't have it all together. I'm not wrapped too tight. I'm not normal. I don't think like everyone else. I can't function in society the way that most people function. There's something wrong with me because of that. Well, according to most people, yes. But according to me, I'm just special. That's kind of how I think of it in my mind. But then again, if you're in the mental health field, you'd probably say, she's delusional. But what did I say about that? You have to be delusional to really make an impact on society because you have to live in that dream that you have, that goal you have. You have to live in it before it actually happens in your life. If you really want to make it happen, you have to know that you are that person. You have to act like you're that person every day before anyone around you treats you that way or before you earn any respect, any of the respect associated with that position or title or dream. You just feel it. And for the longest, I've been feeling as though I am a leader in society. Huh? How can I be a leader in society when I can't even keep a job? How can I be a leader in society when I'm hustling every day trying to support myself financially without a nine to five, without food stamps, without government assistance? How can I be a leader in society when I don't even have close friendships or people to depend on or people to talk to about the things that are most important to me? Well, I don't have any of those things, but I do have this pressing vision of what I'm supposed to achieve in this world. And I've honestly been doing every single thing I can think of. There's not one idea that I have that I don't act on immediately. And it's an immediate action. When the idea comes immediately, not even 30 seconds later, I'm beginning the idea to create it, to push it in fruition, to plan out what I need to do. And that's why I've gotten so much done in this world, because there's no delay between my ideas and my action and going after what I believe will help me to achieve the dream that I have in my mind or my delusion, as some people would say. I'm living in this delusion that I'm a leader in society, that my opinions matter, that the work I do will matter, that the work I do will impact society in a positive way, that I can be an influencer, and I keep doing the work to try to prove that into this world. So far, it's not working too much, but I'm still doing the work regardless because in my mind, it's a done deal. Who I am is already determined now to actually do the work to bring it about I'm willing to do it not only am I willing to do it there's really nothing else for me to do I'm stuck here in this existence so I might as well do something so what's been going on with me lately I wanted to bring this interesting part up this is so fascinating to me today I checked one of my mental health Facebook groups that I hadn't been in for like two weeks or maybe a week and, and some change. I don't know, you know how days go and run into each other. 
but when I was heavily immersed in that group and I have been mostly since starting this project working on mental illness mental brilliance podcast I've been really trying to interview people talk to them about their mental health issues how are they managing it and I've been immersed in it and while I was immersed in studying it I felt that my mental health issues were exacerbated they were they were worse they were bigger they were more pronounced I was experiencing things that I had never experienced before because I was so focused on it. I don't know if it's because I was so focused on it, but they coincided. As soon as I started focusing on mental health and all of the issues that people face, all of a sudden I'm having more pronounced issues. I'm having deeper anxieties. I'm having more suicidal thoughts, but it also could be because I was stressed out about my bills too, because my depression is is situational some people say it's not and they feel that they're clinically depressed but my depression is directly related to whether or not I feel that I'm going to pay my bills on time I recognize that I learned that doing while studying this doing this project working on mental illness mental brilliance so once I know that my bill is paid I can still feel some anxiety because I'm anticipating the next month but I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not feeling suicidal anymore. I'm not feeling like I just just end it all. I'm, I'm just tired of it. I'm not to that point where I feel like I'm against the wall and I'm just frustrated with myself. So my depression is, is situational. But since I paid my bill, even though some of them were late, I've been feeling fine. I haven't been immersing myself into the mental health groups. I've been feeling fine. Actually, I've been doing better than fine. I've been really feeling grateful for my life. Grateful for the lifestyle that I have. Why? Because when I sit there and I write down what I want my life to be like, I'm already living it. No, I'm not traveling like I think I would travel, you know. To, to do workshops here and there and to um to truly impact society I feel that I will probably have to go out into society and meet people in person and I'm not doing that a lot I am teaching some classes in the community here but that's not too far away from where I am but for the most part the basic things I do where I want to wake up every day on my own time work on the most important projects that I have lined up that I gave myself and work on them until I fall asleep and wake up and do it again and that is my lifestyle right now every day I'm living this dream life that I have in my head the only biggest difference is I want to have at least six months of living expenses in my bank account at all times so I could just enjoy creating inspiring and working on my projects because I don't like to feel that situational depression so I've been feeling peaceful I've been feeling grateful I've been feeling happy I even went on tinder and found myself a little you know oil change for the weekend so we was talking and I thought he was attractive, you know, he was kind of cute, but I really liked talking to him. 
And in my mind, this it was going to turn into something more than what it usually turns into. And honestly, what it usually turns into is a one-night stand. I am known for only having one-night stands. Why? Because after I sleep with a man, there's a trigger in me. And that's I believe that's, that's the PTSD that won't allow me to trust him. And I demonize them. And even if they could be like the saint, but in my mind, something that they say, they do, even the way they look at me, indicates that they're trying to kill me. Literally kill me? Kill me now. Isn't that a little extreme? But yes. Kill me? Or they're trying to hurt me really bad in some kind of way. Even if that's probably not on their mind. Most of these men are older men. They're looking for partners in life. Me, it feels like a trap. He's trying to trap me and punish me. And the idea of being with a man in a long-term relationship feels like a trap and a punishment. But not at the beginning when I first meet them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is so nice. Oh my gosh, like you know, I can imagine that myself of maybe having a a long-term lover more than one time it'll be great what if I got to know them they got to know me we got to explore each other physically intimately emotionally and we can I can really finally have a fun sexual partner that would be so great I think it would be great I think it's time I'm, I'm getting up there in age it's time for me to have one partner at least sexually that I trust that we can have a good time together And this is probably going to be it. And that's what I thought about this guy, too. Because I loved how calm he was. And I did all my usual crazy stuff. Like, I don't hide my crazy. I let him know up front. I say, guess what? I'm needy. And I'm like, well, what do you need? I need attention. Well, what does attention mean to you? I want you to ask me how I'm doing so I can tell all my stories. I want you to um, give me compliments because I love compliments. Give me lots of them. And then I want you to then pay attention to me like look at me say dirty stuff to me you know talk dirty to me tell me you think I'm sexy you can't wait to do this and that I'm gonna be like acting shocked but I love it so I explained to him he was like okay and I'm like no 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 I don't need attention sometimes I need it all the time I need it in the morning I need you to text me in the morning and during the day I need you to text me during the day I need you to call me in the evening and come see me he's like all of that (laughs) I'm like yes I need all of that. So we were talking for a few days. He was like, okay, I can, I can, I'll see about doing all that, but my hours are long at work. And I'm like, he lying. His hours ain't long. You know, that's automatically thinking they lying. He's like, why can't I just be working long hours for right now? I'm like, you could, but my mind is telling me that's a lie. And there's no reason to lie because I'm not lying to you. And he's like, okay, you know. I'm patient. I'll work with you. I'll work with you. Because I'm really looking for something right now, you know. And I'm enjoying talking to you. It's a pleasure talking to you. I'm like, mm-hmm. Every time they say it's a pleasure talking to me, that's because they ain't talked to me long enough yet. Because most of guys be like, oh, gosh, I can't wait to stop talking to this girl no more because she is crazy. But anyway, I guess he didn't see that part yet. So then he called me and told me that he wants to see me on a Saturday it was a Friday. I'm like, no, come see me right now. 
And he's like, well, I can't come see you right now because I'm tired and I'm really, it's really important to me to get my rest because I have to go to work. I'm like, you lying. You don't got to go to work. You can come see me for 10 minutes. And for some reason, if a man tells me no, it's a trigger. It's a trigger for my anger. I don't want to hear no. Because you know what? I'm not asking you for anything extreme. So for me, if you're telling me no, then you're telling me you're trying intentionally to piss me off. To me, is that crazy? That's just how I feel. I'm just going to be honest. I feel like a man should say yes to all of my requests, no matter what I ask for. Is that crazy? I feel like the only man who, who, who does not say yes is a man who's not capable of saying yes. And then why are you even trying to talk to women if you're not capable of doing a simple request that they ask? I want some attention. You can't give me attention. Why not? I want some time. Those are the things I ask for time, attention, food. If you can't give me those simple things, then why are you trying to talk to a woman anyway? What satisfaction do you get out of saying no? So we went kind of back and forth. He refused to come see me on the Friday night. And I was like, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. Because I'm not going to be excited to meet you if you already told me no. Because it already told me that's a pattern. It's going to be a pattern. You're telling me no for something simple. If I ask you for something else, you're going to tell me no. And I'm going to be upset. And it's not going to be fun meeting me. And he's like, well, let's try again tomorrow. I'm like, I don't want to meet you. And he's like, well, let me just call you and see if you feel like you're in a different mood. And I said, you know what? That sounds reasonable. Call and see what kind of mood I'm in. So he called and I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm in your neighborhood. I would love to see you. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to see you because you already told me no. And I'm still annoyed by that. He's like, well, I'm already over here. Let's meet. And it turned into a battle because where I was suggesting meeting, he don't want to meet there. He want to meet where he want to meet. I'm like, why is this a battle? Why you can't just meet me where I want to meet me? Meet you. And I hung up in his face. He called back. I hung up on him again. Because I was like, I'm tired of compromising for people. I'm compromising what I want for you and what do I get out of it? I don't care if we ever meet. We can talk on the phone. That's satisfying to me. I don't mind having a long distance boyfriend or internet boyfriend. That's satisfying. Plus, it'll last longer. Once we meet, I'm going to just have that PTSD trigger where I got to get rid of you. I already know myself. So finally, he calls me back and he's like, okay, I'm at the park right down the street from your, from where you are because I had told him the general area where I was and he said would you come and meet me I'll have sandwiches for us we can sit down at a bench and we can talk it's not where you want it it's not where I want it it's in the middle I said okay I got dressed and I walked down there why this man came up to me walking up don't look nothing like his pictures no lie catfish He was a black man, Jamaican, but he was using pictures of some light-skinned man. It could have been him. I don't know. He says he's into Snapchat. Maybe Snapchat has some kind of thing you can do to your pictures to make yourself look lighter. Because it kind of looked like him, but the person was completely light-skinned, a light-skinned black man. 
and he was pitch black, blacker than the darkest black man. And I'm like, you don't look nothing like your pictures. And he was like, during the day, I just look a little lighter. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you don't look nothing like them. But I'm not really that into looks. So I just remember his voice, and I remember how I felt when I talked to him. I felt he was very patient, and that's what I need. I need somebody going to be patient with me when I'm going through my mental health issues and my PTSD. And he was handling it all well so far, so I let it slide. And we talked, and we chatted. And he was telling me how beautiful I am and all this stuff. And, you know, I love compliments, so I was eating it all up. So I was like, okay, let's, you want to come back to my place, you know, have a little drink? And we did. Of course, I exchanged information, all that, sent my information to my peoples. Try to be a little safe, but I got to take a risk. I haven't been touched or hugged in months in months and I've been living this solitary life even before I moved back to Fort Lauderdale but even in LA it would be months before I could have anybody recognize that I'm a human on this earth and I would go without physical touch for months and months and months on end until I meet someone through an app or randomly and I set up a date so I can feel the touch but with him it was fun it was fun because he was very vibrant and he was he was very in tune with the things that I asked for you know like I told him I liked the dirty talk so he was giving it to me he he was I was all kind of a slut I was like oh yes honey I am I am I am say it again and that makes me feel fun and free but afterwards once again I felt that my body was still tense I felt unfulfilled and that made me feel angry so I quickly sent him a series of text messages cussing him out and telling him he he has sex like a teenager I need a grown man in my life not, not, not a little boy even though he's older than me and then the next day I was like feeling very proud of myself and then I realized you did it again look what you did it's an urgency I feel an urgency to get rid of men as soon as I sleep with them like it's an impulse it's like a spiritual thing it's like if you your hand is burning to remove your hand that's how it feels to get rid of a man I have to do what I need to do and whatever's in my mind I say it I feel it it's real at the time but later on I'm like wait a minute maybe you weren't right maybe it was that PTSD trigger but even though I might feel bad about it I don't feel bad about having my peace back because the longer I interact with the man, the less peaceful my life is. And when I can walk around with nobody calling me and nobody knocking on my door and nobody trying to get get my time, I feel great about my life. So that was that. And I went on because the holidays are coming. 
Um, my son came, came into town. I have a son that's in college. He came into town, and he was enjoying himself. His father got married this weekend. And um, so him, my son is 18. I have another son who's 16, who lives with his father and the, the, new, the new stepmom. And they're happy there, you know. They all went to the wedding. And how did I feel about the wedding? I, I cried because, of course, some of, we have mutual friends we met in undergrad. So our mutual friends were at his wedding. And um, I saw pictures and videos. And I was, I was crying because I was just happy for him. I know how much this man wanted to be loved, wanted to have a wife. I know what he must be feeling to really finally realize somebody in this world wants to stand beside me, somebody I'm proud of, somebody I love, and he's proud of this woman. And he's happy with this woman. He's fulfilled with this woman. This was a better relationship than any of the other women he's ever been with after me. And I just was crying because I was just happy that he is happy. I could see it in his eyes how happy he was. And after that, my sons came to come and visit with me. They came to come spend the night with me for one night. And when I tell you that that night was like magic, it was absolute. I know to them, it's like, oh, you're going to hang with this old lady. But for me, having them both there with me, my two wonderful sons, they're big, bigger than me. I made them dinner, we played cards, we walked and got dessert from the fast food place. We played some more cards, we listened to music, went to sleep, I woke up, made them breakfast, we played cards, we watched more videos, just hanging out with each other, talking. There was no drama, there was no fights, it was just lots of laughter and it was just, I was just so excited to watch them sleep, to watch them eat all the food that I cooked for them. I felt useful. I felt beautiful. And my son even said, Mom, you look pretty today. I'm like, you think I'm pretty? That was a better compliment than any man could ever give me. It was a good day. And I'm still riding high over how amazing that felt just to be with them. And when they left, because, you know, it was Thanksgiving and they needed to go and be with their father they had plans I didn't mind I don't mind sharing I'm used to sharing but by the time I hugged them I just thanked them for a wonderful night so good to see them and spend time with them and it, it really uplifted me it gave me that relief that feeling I was looking for when I was trying to sleep with that man I didn't get it from him I got it from spending time with my sons and I feel rejuvenated, I feel alive, I feel free, I feel beautiful, I feel happy. I feel like I can do anything and I have been working extra hard since they left. I've outlined a new book, I've created two new websites, I've sent out um, several surveys so I can make sure I have the information correct. I've been doing my thing. And I have no sign of slowing down right now because I feel great.
So on the flip side of having a mental health issue, my mental health issues probably will never go away. They're a part of my life. They're a part of my existence. And they're going to come and go like anything in life. But the good times, like I just had, well, you know, I just detailed a little up and a down. But, you know, that's how life is. It's up and down. But right now I'm feeling good. Right now I'm feeling free. Right now my bills are paid. <laughs> right now I have food. Right now I'm healthy. Right now nobody bothering me. Drama, bringing drama into my life. I'm smiling to myself. Nobody's around to see it. I feel so like this is what life is about right here. I'm living my dream. I hope this lasts. (laughs) I hope this lasts because I just, this is the moment that make all the rest of it make sense. When I'm over here bouncing off the walls with the headache pounding, trying to figure out how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that and why can't I? It just feels so pressing and so urgent that I solve the problem right then and there. Well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do it? I just remember that chaotic feeling. But I'm going to try not to think about it because right now I don't have it. I'm going to go put on some clothes, walking shoes. And just go for a nice little walk for no reason. Because that's my life right now. Pretty easy going. I work very hard, but I'm on nobody's schedule. That's my dream. And I'm living it. And I'm proud of me. Mm-hmm. I am. You're listening to Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am T. Erica. Visit mentalbrilliance.com and I'll talk to you soon.